This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 413 for the week of October 9th, 2016. Welcome to Cons and Shoe, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Cons and Shoe. That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening a little bit of entertaining. It's been a little bit since a podcast episode, but here we are. It's Mike, and joining me because it's video games and you are typecast. It's Karen. How's it going, everyone? It was good to be back. I hate having it that you're actually only here for video games, so we're gonna try and change that a little bit. I gotta figure out what I want to snap you away okay. from you know Team what? Four Star cool. 4. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. Pull me away from those crazy guys if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I'll be the typecast video game guy. That's fine. But yeah. yeah it's cool. I kind of cycle stuff. through them every three or four years, so I, I feel like <laughs> you're coming up on the end of your time. Are you okay with that? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have Kieran here with me. Man, it's been a while. Before we jump into, I do want to do a news recap because uh, it's been a while since the podcast. There's some cool things. We'll cover that. Our topic this episode, it is Xenoverse 2. The closed beta started, it was yesterday, right? I kind of forgot about it. And then when, oh my God, I got to download this. Yeah, I was I was up at three in the morning oh, playing man. it as soon as it was available. <laughs> so I, oh man, it's, you know, it's that time of year. It's, it's, I got to do it. And we didn't have our yearly release in November. So exactly. we're all thrown off. Right, right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that uh, very early <laughs> one day impression on Xenoverse 2, the closed beta that's been going. But uh, again, before we jump into all that, for folks that haven't heard you before, uh, we do have obviously some audience crossover. Who are you? What do you do? Why should anyone care about you? I can't answer the last one. All right, well, I'll try the others. <laughs> I'll tell you. All. I'm Kieran, go by Lord Moonstone, sometimes online. I work with the groups over at Team Four Star. You may have heard of them. Oh, Dragon Ball Z Abridged. I am the manager and runner of our gaming channel where we play. We're working on playing every Dragon Ball game. So we just did a big stream. Uh, for the Xenoverse 2 beta. If you guys haven't seen that, you can check it out on our TFS gaming channel. And we have a bunch of good times coming up this month. We're going to be playing through evolutions, sagas, every bad Dragon Ball game we can. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Having flashbacks here. Oh, I know. It's, oh, we just wrapped up evolution and that game is a, it gives a beauty. (laughs) <laughs> right. So here's my question for you. And we're going to, I promise we're getting to the news, we're getting to the game stuff. But this is my question for someone who is, again, I've typecast you as the game guy. Now I'm <laughs> typecasting you as like that lowly millennial. You have to explain things for me. I Fine. do not enjoy slash understand watching other people play video games online. So explain for oh, me, man. like I get the surface level thing. You know, yeah. I'm a fan of team four star. I would probably enjoy listening to team four star people play video games from a franchise that I enjoy. So beyond that surface level explanation, what can someone get out of the streams that you guys produce? What we do um, specifically for Dragon Ball stuff, we love going to some in-universe stuff. We come up with a lot of, we'll do some stupid lore characters on where they, they'll fit into the mythos of the world and we'll come up with our own running story. Which says, uh, we're kind of playing out our own fan fiction with these games. Okay. All right. So we, we try to offer some semblance of a story that gets reinforced by a whole bunch of fan art. We do a lot of like fan highlights for everything. We try to just embrace the Dragon Ball community as a whole and we're not, the game will be there but we'll do a lot of Q&A stuff like, you know, you guys saw this. What's your we'll do a bunch of speculation, a bunch of theorizing. We'll get a bunch of other people from the community and talk with them. So, but, you know, 
curb hop in for like a few things before we try to get a whole bunch of people if we can. That sounds delightful. So now that I've basically, like I said, I tie cast you and then I pretty much insulted everything that you do. And no, it's okay. It, <laughs> I, I don't, you know what, if you want me to be honest, I don't expect people to watch a lot of stuff we do because it's, it's very hard to sell this stuff if you haven't grown up in the generation like yeah, it's. Yeah. Like nowadays, kids will just be watching people play video games because that's what that's just what they do now. And it's I also have trouble wrapping my head around kids that grow up with, you know, only touchscreen devices. You know, it's that. Right. Oh, it's, it's really it's really different. There's a big generational gap going on. But I think I try to make it as fun and approachable for everyone as I can. And if it's not clear, I do actually love Karen. And I'm so glad you see her. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, I'm come back here after a year. How's it going, Karen? <laughs> All right. Let's put that discussion behind us. Let's jump in and talk about some news here. Let's do it. Dragon Ball Super. There's a lot of stuff going on with the show right now. But again, I kind of like to separate the content from the news. There's a lot of content to discuss. But in terms of just pure raw news about Dragon Ball Super, the new, the sixth ending theme started last week. I think we're two episodes in with this new ending theme. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough song title to get across in our, well, it's easy to get across in our language, but we have one of those Japanese doing Chinese that you then have to turn into English. So the title is Chowvon Music, which is fried rice music, except they're using the Chinese pronunciation in Japanese. Uh, I wasn't expecting this style of song. I, I was expecting something with maybe some Chinese influence based on the, the title. But uh, I listened to some other music by this band, Arukara, and they're more of a straight up rock band. So to have this kind of, I don't know, like oriental flair to the ending theme, totally not what I was expecting. Do you have any thoughts on the song yet? I've only, I only heard it in that I watched the latest episode, heard it there. So yeah. I don't have, you obviously explored it more than I have. But uh, I don't know. I So far, I think overall, uh, I think all of the ending themes are pretty interesting in the super catalog. I, I've actually been digging pretty much every ending theme. And this one hasn't really been an exception. Like you said, uh, it has an interesting flair to it that I wasn't expecting. But I also wasn't privy to, you know, the naming conventions of it. Just kind of heard it happen. I was like, oh, that's that's nice. I enjoy that. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, there, there definitely is for me something about every super ending theme. I don't love all of them, but there is something that I enjoy. about. I enjoy them. them more than the opening. I can't get past the opening. I can't. I go up and down know. on it. I don't know. I feel like I have a different opinion on it. Yeah, every know. like every, every week I'll go, yeah, I can I can sit through this or no, I'm going I'm to skip it today. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the CD single for this new song is coming out November 23rd. It's going to be three tracks and then three karaoke versions of those tracks going to have this super song. It's going to have the opening theme to the third and fourth seasons of the anime Mysterious Joker. And then a song that is uh, created in promotion of a PS4 game of the same name, Let It Die. So you can look forward to that in November. On the topic of Dragon Ball Super, a couple manga tidbits here. Uh, Viz has indeed continued their release of the manga on their website for free it is region locked so not everyone in the world can get it but because it's on the internet and it is yeah. up for free and you can yeah. get around that <laughs> depending on where you live where you are and how you know how to googles anyway so they're up to chapter nine right now which is the entirety of the first print volume of dragon ball super that's going to be coming out in may from viz and then we did just get a very tiny brief little announcement in the last psycho jump issue that volume two in japan is going to be coming out in december we don't have any more specifics on it we just know december we don't know chapters price point page count anything like that uh, i'm curious to see now that viz is up to chapter nine if they're 
they're just going to continue onward. They've been going on a bi-weekly schedule here, releasing these chapters. I don't know if they're going to hang tight for a little bit. I feel like they got to just keep it going and just catch up. Almost. That's the only thing I the only thing I see happening. If they've they've been pretty consistent through it, haven't they? They have totally. Like, yeah, they started and haven't haven't missed a you know bi weekly period since then. I can only imagine they're gonna keep going with it. And I think it's great they're offering it on the platform they are. That's really cool. I agree entirely. Uh that's really it for Dragon Ball Super. And uh in terms of other manga things, we did get a little tip. It's related to the super manga in that it's also by Toyotaro. The collector's edition of Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 is going oh, to come yeah. packed with a Time Patroller's Guide, and said guide is going to have a special manga by Toyotaro. We got the first page from it that Bandai Namco was promoting. It seems like it's just an introduction to the world and the story here, but uh, that, that is we've kind of been like, alright, so what does this collector's edition that I'm paying $150 for actually have? Well, you're going to get a bonus little manga there, so hooray! If that's worth the extra $50? Oh, I don't know. We, uh, In addition to just this one preview page for it, we got a comment from Akira Toriyama himself. This is what he says. I've been drawing manga less often these days, so Toyotaro has taken up the mantle of drawing Dragon Ball. I still contribute the basic ideas, but Toyotaro's wonderful skills allow the Dragon Ball universe to be brought back to life in the present. A couple things here. Uh, this yeah. comment in conjunction with the Xenoverse manga brought on the onslaught of OMG is Xenoverse a canon questions and speculation. The thing oh. here, Toriyama's clearly talking about the super manga that he works on with Toyotaro, even though it's kind of between the lines here. Uh, yeah. I think is it's just a nice comment to get from Toriyama. It's like this. He's approving of the work that's going on. So I don't think you really need to read anything else into there. Uh, we, we can't have all these continuities all happening at the same time in the same timeline. That's just not going to work. No, I, I think this is just a, a nice remark. You know, maybe the <laughs> poor Oishi, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think everyone oh. forgot about her. Yeah, I was like, oh, she was she was off to a great start. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, she was there. And then uh, <laughs> she was. She was <laughs> she happened. And always she was there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I feel like, you know, I've loved Toyotaro's stuff so far. I am. I'm glad he's got, you know, the ring endorsement finally in print from Toriyama. I think that's that's really nice. I don't think there's anything further to read into the canonicity of Xenoverse there. I definitely don't think that's implied anywhere. Agreed. All right. Let's talk about something else that you have uh, extreme familiarity with recently oh, yourself, Karen, And that is Dragon Ball Fusion skin localization. Woo! Woo! Best Fun. Dragon Ball game to happen in a while. <laughs> Agreed entirely. It's coming, so it's coming December 13th in America. Uh, Europe is getting a little later in February. February 2017. Now, as of last week, the game has sold a little over 170,000 copies in Japan. That's pretty good for a, yeah. a licensed game like this. And it's Very still good. hanging on to the media create list. They're in the top 10, even uh, nine weeks in at this point. The game is getting a free update this fall. We don't know exactly when at some point. It's going to have mm -hmm. a new time radar stage, which is going to be set in the real world, plus a new online versus and ranking function. Now, we don't know if this update is going to come pre-installed or later at some point, it's a part of the international version of the game. But Kieran, um, I mean, Jake and I did our initial impressions. We still have to do our final review. You've sunk, you were just telling me, 60 hours into the Japanese version yourself. Yeah, that if not more. I mean, this I fell in love with this game right off the bat. It's I really hope that this does because it, it, it feels like they're sending it kind of out there to die. Because um, what, what we're kind of getting is we're they're not they're not dubbing anything like they have with the Extreme Batota and they're not touching any of the right the dub you know the upside of it they're just gonna translate it 
and have it out there. Are we getting a physical copy of it? Was that announced? Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're doing a physical release for it, but they're they're dropping it in December, which is going to be you know a little out from uh, Xenoverse, obviously. But I just so wish they launched this earlier because I, I feel like I, it, I feel like it's gonna get I feel like it's gonna get lost and it might not do as well as they hoped. I, agree. I really it's hope it does because this totally thing is get so overshadowed good. there. Yeah, and I, it just seems it seems really you know it's really unfortunate that they didn't bring it over sooner because if that's the the job they're going to be doing with the game, I wish they would have done it sooner. However, the marketing department handles it. I don't know the back end of all this stuff, but I can I can say that fusions. Anybody listening, it's coming to America, coming to Europe. You have to get it if you like Dragon Ball. It is so fun. I had so much fun with the game. I mean, part of I'm thinking about all the issues and decisions they're going to have to make in localizing this game. I mean, you just think about all the random aliens and mook characters that you can recruit. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to name. And when they fuse, they get punterific names. Yeah. Like, how are they going to, I'm going to disagree with probably everything that they do. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We're going to have another example where someone's going to be talking about characters. Like I have no idea who you're talking about. Show me a picture so I can see who they were in Japanese. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, I, I really like that aspect of having having all like, you know, the the fodder characters that are all kind of made with the character creator. But those seeing them bring all those people over. Yeah, some, something's going to get lost. Something's going to get changed. And that's just that's just going to how it's how it's going to be, because some of those probably won't translate as well as, you know, it works for us because we understand it. And that's totally fine. I mean, I just feel bad for the localization team on this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just know you get, they got their work cut out for them because you can you, I know they uh, cut it down, but I know they have that street pass feature where you can fuse anybody. Right. To together right. and i i don't think those ones are named uh but if they were huh, godspeed so many names so many yeah names. so good all right one last bit of video game news speaking of extreme extreme butoden in japan it and one piece great pirate coliseum they're getting yeah. a cross play update now this one piece game is pretty much just a reskin of the Dragon Ball game. It's exactly the same type of game, same looking game, same developer. Now, no word if this crossplay update is going to make it out internationally. We don't even know if the One Piece game is going to come out internationally. I'm going to assume probably not. Uh, the, the sales for this game have completely tanked just two weeks in. Uh, oh, it's no. already half off on Amazon Japan and it fell so hard. It's second week. Uh, and I was noting this on Twitter. I, I guess someone responded. They just had a fighting game last year. I think it may have also been on 3DS. So that's a little bit of oversaturation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least Dragon Ball, it went from fighting to RPG. That was a uh, you know, good yeah. mix it up there on the platform. But yeah, I, I'm not really up on the One Piece games lately. I was maybe like 15 years ago when there weren't oh, that many. Missed a few. <laughs> <laughs> I played um played through, um oh, what was it? Burning Blood? I think it was the latest one. Okay. We- yeah, we did we did that for for our channel. So we played through that and that game was not very good. Um yeah. and uh I know yeah, they did have that I can't remember what it was called, but yes, they did have an earlier fighting game last year, but after 2 weeks that is that's not good. That it fell hard, real hard. Man, that's that's a real shame cuz I love Extreme Batoden system, but I don't know, maybe maybe the One Piece fans already have what they need. Yeah, yeah. I'm real curious if maybe next year, uh, as the 3DS is kind of on its, uh, you know, deathbed, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we approach whatever's going to, I think the 3DS is going to hang on a little longer than probably Nintendo even wants, but we'll see. I anyway, see too. I'm, I'm kind of curious if they'll do almost like a, a 2.0 release for both games that just includes both games on the same cartridge. So you don't have to worry about crossplay. You just going to get everyone and get everything on the same game. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know it, that the fact that this game, the One Piece game, 
fell so hard, I feel like they're going to look for some way to recoup their costs. And I actually wonder if the crossplay announcement was this early look at, oh man, this game is probably going to do poorly. What can we do to generate some more interest in it? And even this isn't working. What? I don't know. I'm not a game developer, so I have no clue what they would yeah, do. Yeah, and no, it's hard. It's really hard to figure out what what the best solution is for you know recouping costs when or it comes to cut your losses and yeah, like yeah. they. I I really hope they do something with it because you know as a fan, obviously I love the premise, but I, that that is pretty damning having it fall off that soon. That's I don't know what they can do. I mean, I think a bundle might be good. Probably a digital digital only bundle would, right, would yeah. be the easiest, you know, most cost effective thing to do and. I think if you, yeah, I could see them bundling them together with another update or something, but man, that's a shame. It is a shame. So a little bit of One Piece news in your DBZ news, but we're getting cross-play. <laughs> the, the crummy thing there is um, the way I've been taking screenshots is just been doing that Miiverse trick where I post things in Miiverse and then save mm-hmm. them. But uh, the online play with Extreme Butonem, because you're online, obviously you can't pause what you're doing to go yeah. to Miiverse to post a screenshot. So I'm not going to be able to take super clear screenshots of uh, the cross-play <laughs> going on unless I get some kind of capture device. But you have that. So yeah, that's right. You know, I'll, get to work. I'll see what I'll see what I can do. Anyway, <laughs> if, I, if I can't get a hold of it, then hey, I'll, I'll show them your way. Well, I think that wraps up our news recap from the last couple of weeks. It's time to talk about the ZV2. Wait, no, it's XV2. How do I letters? <laughs> Let's do it. So right now we are in the first of two beta periods. If you want to call it that, I have a problem with that naming convention. Uh, This is the closed beta for Xenoverse 2. We're going to have an open one. For this closed one, there were a couple ways you could get in. The uh, most common, I think, was the digital pre-order. If you had that on PS4, you got into it automatically. The easy way that I got in, so I didn't have to bug anyone, didn't feel like I owed anyone anything, was, uh, well, I bought last month's V-Jump and there was code in there. So, (laughs) Oh, really? That's awesome. That was super easy. So I just popped that over to my Japanese account and loaded it up and that was all I needed to do. Uh, the UK branch of Bandai Namco seemed like they were doing much more publicizing codes and tossing them out there and cooperating with some YouTuber folks. The American branch I saw doing essentially nothing. I think this is one of the things I'm concerned about with Fusions is uh, we're always seeing the European branch do so much better advertising for the Dragon Ball yeah. games. The American branch is like, whatever, it's Dragon Ball. We know it's going to sell. We ain't got to do nothing here for it. Europe gets so many cool bonuses too. And <laughs> I do. I don't know. I, I, I we did um on our end. We actually did get uh copies from Bandai Namco America. So we we actually got some from their Ooh. department. They're they're reaching out to a few people. They are other yeah. YouTubers as well. So they yeah. are doing something, but definitely not nearly as widespread as the the European one. And that's the thing. I think they're the the American branch, and rightfully so. They're going direct to the YouTube source, and that's how they're getting some of that stuff out there. Um, yeah. I feel like they're not doing the social media outreach themselves. They're relying. <laughs> this is one of those things I have a problem with. Uh, where the the state of games journalism. I don't actually have a problem with actual games journalism. Do not put me into that group. I have a problem with some of the folks who do coverage who don't yet have that maturity to do the distinction between coverage and being the promotional arm of someone without realizing you're being the promotional arm of someone. And I'm not accusing you guys at Team Four Star of doing okay. that. No, don't I, get me wrong. I trust me. I know what you're talking about. And yes, I understand completely. Can I sound any more? like a salty, bitter, old, fucking frustrated man on this it's episode. It's okay, it's okay, because Jesus. 
Man, I no, I once the game started up, I I was you know doing, playing it with my roommate at three in the morning, and we were just been like, "Are we just looking for things to be mad about?" <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> like, so now we're back to nineteen ninety nine. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's actually talk about the game a little bit. Uh, we talked about how you could get it. The open beta is going to be coming up. Uh, I believe everyone's going to be able to get into it. Uh, how we played, I've just been playing on my Japanese account, so you know I'm struggling a little bit here and there, but just like Fusions, where it's you know, they make the game pretty easy to figure out there's icons on your map yeah if you can read if you can read iconography you're fine right so i've been pretty okay there uh you were saying you were playing by yourself but then you guys did that big stream as well didn't you yeah we i've clocked in total probably somewhere around eight hours already on this beta uh, yeah. So um, I've extended tested as much as I possibly can, and uh, it's it's got a lot to it. I was actually um, pretty. I was pretty, really surprised. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty impressed with how much of not just the story, but the online elements they included for everything. Right. So I, I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. So we had the network test for the first version or the first game, and I think that is probably a better way to describe what this is rather than yes. a beta. Um, but in this case, as opposed to uh, what we had on PS3 about a year and a half ago, this was it's pretty much the beginning of the game and then you get a decent selection of the parallel quests to play you only get a couple yeah. offline ones i saw you commenting on this uh, yeah. you get a larger variety it's like 10 or something 10 yeah you, you, i think you get about 10 10 10 to 11 i think i think it's 10 uh online quests and you can only play two of them offline which initially i was like frustrated about because i wanted to do a lot of stress testing on the yeah. random generation stuff but uh it makes sense because this is as you said this is a network test this is no beta this is the exactly. game that's coming out this is a server test for them right they want to know all right so this is just our hardest core fans can we even deal with this amount of people yeah man you remember how awful it was during launch i mean this was pretty yeah. much an mmo launch with xenoverse one it was it was a nightmare because they had they had that first test they had the second test and the game launched and there were still problems for like the first three days yeah it was, i mean oh, it was xenoverse has done gangbusters in terms of sales but oh, particularly yeah. in europe and america i mean I, I think they really surprised themselves with just how well this did uh, yeah. Yeah. Universe 2, I'm curious to see how that's going to follow up on it. But yeah, this really is a network test. They're really forcing you or, or at least guiding you to do as much online stuff as you can. Once you get past that early, uh, just the early story beats, again, mm -hmm. it's the beginning of the game. Uh, let's talk about the, the hub world a little bit. This Canton City, they've been saying it's seven times larger than the previous hub city. How do you feel about uh, a larger hub? I mean, we had these thoughts, I don't know if you would call them complaints, <laughs> in the first yeah, game, yeah. <laughs> where... You just go along to all these different stations. It's essentially a glorified menu system. Uh, and at some point, we're like, well, I just want to play an online match. Can't I just do that from a menu? Or does that break the immersion of being in a world? Now that we have a world that's seven times larger than the previous one, how do you feel about this glorified menu setup? I think this is a this is a step in a better direction. It's not exactly the improvement I was hoping for, but I think that there is enough different about and included in this hub world to make to validate its existence. I, yeah. I enjoy it in the level that Fusions had its crazy, you know, mishmash landscape that was just fun to explore. And right, so like, right. Oh, cool. There's, you know, Kame House and this floating island. What's down there? Oh, that's like Dr. Zero's hideout. You know, they had a bunch of neat little Easter eggs and locations. And I haven't, I don't know if you can fly in this beta. Um, so I haven't been able to, you know, explore everywhere. And there are some places locked off. However, I found it fun to go around and there, there are items peppered around the world. Yeah. They'll have faster ways to get around with mounts and stuff. And once you can unlock flying, I can only imagine that being easier. I enjoyed going around to the places and seeing the locales because they made them so much more interesting and part of the game instead of like a barrier to entry, I feel like it kind of, it works more in the sense that you are this adventurer in this crazy world. Here's all these other people doing 
bunch of different stuffs around the map. It didn't feel like this encumbered menu you had to walk around. So I'm I'm liking it. And they have those little teleport robots you can they use. They do, yeah, yeah. I wish you could do it from your own menu. Like you could just hit start and teleport to wherever you wanted. Mm-hmm. But they're they're close enough in proximity. That's not really that much of an issue. Yeah, there's one pretty much everywhere. Uh, I yeah. wanted to hone in on something you said. You used the word mount. We're using more and more MMO terminology. Oh, here yeah, with this second I, I game. didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't play MMOs, a mount is yeah. a vehicle or animal or something that you uh, ride around on that increases mm-hmm. your speed. Uh, you do get one here in the beta. It's just a little floating tripody kind of hover thing. Some uh, hover platform, Capsule Corp thing. Right. You hold L2, you can go faster. But uh, yeah, I really do feel like I'm living in an MMO hub city where um, fast traveling between places and going over and loading up my duty finder and choosing (laughs) the instance I want to jump over to and then I'm back over here and spending my currency on upgrades to do the elevator grind all over again. Yep. I, th- I think it's uh, I think it's definitely better a, be- a step in a better direction from one where they were kind of wishy-washy between the are we you know do we have these MMO elements do we right, have right. these action RPG elements do we have these fighting game elements this one seems like they're definitely pushing for the you are in an MMO world yeah. like everything from the gameplay to the world design feels like they're pushing for that experience I agree they definitely want you to feel more like you're in a true real breathing world yeah. uh, and like you said there are some areas that are locked off uh, in this beta but I am getting that feeling like this is much more of a world uh the jumping is terrible though what the hell happened there? Uh, right like they you stop like when you hit x like you just stop for a second then jump then they play the sound effect like a little late and then <laughs> you bunny hop thing yeah they need you land and then you have to wait again like it's just there's a delay between the start and the end of your jump and it's, it's real bad it's real bad like, it affects nothing no no you know what it's super i was obnoxious. talking about earlier i was looking for things to get mad about because right. oh geez uh, well let's talk about some other presentation stuff and we'll get sure. into the gameplay and the grind and all that kind of stuff what i don't understand why are they still doing this graphical filter where everything's a little desaturated oh man so we found out on our stream there is a way to change that okay in the is game. there Yes, uh, it's actually, if you go, yeah, when you're in the hub world, you can actually uh, hit your options button and go down to or whatever and hit uh, the adjust game brightness. And what you think that would be was, you know, a typical brightness slider yeah, makes yeah, things yeah. more white as you go. This brightness slider gets rid of that stupid white frame that's over everything. Okay. And it makes things so much more vibrant. I'm like, yes, this is so much more colorful. I don't feel like I'm in a haze the entire time. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, that's yeah. the fault of me playing in Japanese this time where I kind of like, I know all the essentials stuff but i didn't go in like i was able to uh adjust the the axes of my camera <laughs> like i can do that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. i didn't find what i needed here though all right that is yeah. good to know that's the first thing i'm gonna go do yeah please i recommend everyone that tries it fix that it looks oh. bad it, right. i don't know why <laughs> well things that i know i can't just go into a menu and fix the sound mixing is still terrible <gasps> again in this game oh no we oh, man we first noticed uh like when i was playing it with my friend that the music or not the, the music the sound effects are so high in the mix and then sometimes these voices come in, even the opening cutscene when, mm-hmm. you know, when Trunks is talking, or at yep. least in the dub, I noticed uh, th- this opening up. Trunks is talking, and then Supreme Kai of Time comes in. Yep, that's where I noticed it. Yep, it was her. 
like, what, what, what she's saying? I can't hear anything. The music is drowning her out. And I had kept like going back and forth, messing with the, the sound effects, the music, the mm-hmm. voices to the point where for one mission, I turned all of them except the voices off. <laughs> like it was, it gets pretty, pretty nuts at times. It's definitely inconsistent from the hub world to missions. And some, and some characters are just louder than others through all their lines. They really are they're all over the place. And it's the yeah. kind of thing you're not going to be able to fix this in the menu system because no. it's so all over the place that you're never going to get it consistent for what you want. And it's just really, it really sucks because the, the sound effects, I love the sound design of the game, but they're they come so in, loud. They're oh so loud and distorted. Like, yeah. it's, oh, I don't know. This is a problem in the first game. This yeah. Is this not an easy, again, not a game developer. Is this not an easy thing to fix? I mean, see that, that's what I was thinking because you know that Dragon Ball collection mission where you are carrying the Dragon Balls, the oh, radar yes. is constantly paying all the time. I'm like, I get it. I have them. Stop it. Like, I'm literally anybody... holding it. I'm on the last one. I'm almost there. Please just stop. Like, did nobody it. play this mission and realize how irritating that is? Right. Oh, I don't know. So I had one weird graphical glitch. I don't know if it was that mission. Maybe it was a, a similar one. It was where you're fighting all of the Ginyu members. Uh, and it did the thing where after you defeat them a little bit, they get back up and they fight again. Uh, except all their bodies disappeared. And so I saw invisible <laughs> bodies get up and be the oh, focus of the screen. Yeah, I had, um, I ran into uh, multiple glitches, some game ending. Um, really? With a yes. Uh, uh, when I was playing around with the human, um, we'll get into like their special abilities later. I was playing yeah, with yeah. the human on, you know, Kintone with the Nyoibo, and I'm messing around with them hitting Ozaru Vegeta, and he does his jump up attack, hit yes. me out of the skybox, and the game crashed. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, nice. that's, yeah. And then uh, my friend was using his Namekian, and he went, you know, he went giant, beat uh-huh. up, uh, beat up him, and then just the mission wouldn't end. And they were playing online, and they were just stuck there waiting for seven oh, minutes. And I've seen that failed. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh no, I hope they fix this soon. That's that really feels like a day one patch thing that we're gonna be. Yeah, I, I can only assume. Any other weird glitchy things before we get into the gameplay stuff? That's pretty much all I've noticed. Yeah, the, the, those uh, those were the like the really hampering ones that I noticed. Uh, but yeah, definitely some. Uh, I had some problems with characters like seeming like they were going to die or like moves. Uh, a lot of a lot of problems with moves I noticed, uh, like from Xenoverse One moves that we mm-hmm. like you can import in with your character. Yeah, tried yeah. using them and they just weren't working. Like for mm. sometimes, like I do Final Flash on somebody and the hitbox would hit uh, as it's like initially passing through them. You know, like the circle part of the beam would hit them, sure. but as the beam travels through it, they're just walking to me. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like oh, okay, I guess this the front part is the hitbox and now they're they can hit me because i'm wide open so i don't i don't know if that's a glitch or not speaking of hitboxes i don't know if this had something to do with the proximity of my character to again the great apes i was fighting them and i would be pressing my attack buttons and they would do nothing yes i noticed that too yeah that that can't just be me sucking that that feels like a a design flaw of yeah so i can't be this close to them but why wouldn't i be this close to them to attack them i actually noticed um kind of an inverse scenario where i was uh like i was playing my human character on Kintone trying to go in and the the triangle attack is this dash attack and once your character is close enough he will hit with the with the staff they were just doing that dash attack over and over and over never using the staff what are you doing like I don't know I guess they like the hitbox for the or to recognize the Ozaru features are like too far in the model I don't know so I don't know what's up there but I feel like these are these little things that make it feel janky enough like oh right this is a Dragon Ball game and not uh, dare I say a triple A release? <laughs> it, it, it's not. But then, even then, these triple A releases are the jankiest of the janky these days. Yeah, so I don't know, I know how to even phrase it. I don't like, know a polished experience. You do not yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get it. 
anymore. Right. I don't know. Uh, All right. Well, let's get into some of that gameplay stuff. Uh, Xenoverse is developed by Dimps, who worked on the previous game. Uh, they worked mm-hmm. on the Budokai series, and then yeah. they faded away for a while as Spike came into the forefront. They did the Sparking series. They did the Raging Blast stuff. Uh, but now we're back to Dimps, and they're working on Xenoverse 2 here. Uh, the way I think we all pretty much described the first Xenoverse was a mix of the Budokai and the Sparking, the Budokai Tenkaichi style. Uh, like, it feels like a yeah. Dim's fighting game in that free roam 3D environment. And Xenoverse 2 is pretty much exactly the same. Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time with the first game, but as I get older and play more and more games, I'm remembering the specifics of them <laughs> less and less. So yeah. I'm going to rely on you here. Yeah, How I, I different did this feel so far compared to the first one? Is there anything you're noticing so far? Yes, actually, I'm working on a video comparison uh, for the two. Great. Um, with um, with Xenoverse 1's combos, there were uh, there was a system where you could put in, uh, this game entirely relies on square triangle for most of your melee attacks. And in the right. in the previous game, you could do, you know, all very simple variations, typical God of War, Devil May Cry, light, 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 heavy, 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 light, you know, back and forth dance between the two. Right. You could do your light, 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 and then heavy, wait for a second, light, 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 heavy, wait, and just keep doing it over and over and over, mm. and the AI would not be able to do anything. They, uh, I think, I want to say, remedied this by making all of your combos in two knock the person away. Every yes, single yes. combo ender pushes the person away from you. So it almost makes me question how effective a lot of the melee combat's going to be, because the the good part of it in one was that you could have really, really concise and really efficient combos when you're close up. Now there's why should you be close up if you can if the if you're just going to keep pushing them farther away from you right so and you know i am a melee player i played the frieza clan character in the first game and mm-hmm. the the beta here for the second game i've been doing the same thing uh and i do the i like to play up close and personal i'm i'm a pretty offensive player in these mm-hmm. kind of games which is different from how i play street fighter which is very different i don't know why that is that i wouldn't say i'm a these aren't fighters. Fighter, so this is these are easy to these are mashers so right I, right I and you. i feel like i can just totally mash at it and, you can but yeah so maybe that is something i'm unconsciously noticing a little bit where I felt like uh, I'm I'm stringing together a lot of stuff with something feels slightly different about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think I am going to just switch over to maybe playing a Cyan character as I go over to the full retail release because uh, there was a lot of stuff in the first game, the Bardock mission in particular. I don't want to say it was impossible to complete as a melee character, oh, so but bad. it pretty much was because you had it all was? these characters everywhere. People were like, no, just, just put on like Super Saiyan 2 and Final Flash. And yeah, just spam, spam Final it. Flash, spam your AoE move and hey there right. you go you're done because there was there was no i don't think feasible way if you were at the proper level to beat that mission yeah, uh, with yeah. your with melee alone it, it was ridiculous which you know i'm not super happy about going into the second game because i don't yeah. know if we're going to run into similar issues i would hope not i hope that's the kind of thing that they saw and would reflect on for a second game um and maybe they will i don't know from my testing at least what we have in our little appetizer serving here i definitely see that happening in later game because yeah. there were just I, I made a character for every single race. I tried out every single thing. Oh, cool. And cool. They, um, I noticed that there was a kind of heavily skewed in the Namekian favor oh, <laughs> when it right. comes to a lot of stuff <laughs> because their giant form is ridiculous. It is so, so strong. And the it almost feels like the rest of the classes 
just can't compete with that when it comes to damage output. You can finish missions so fast with that. Maybe no one played that in the first game. They're like, all right, well, here you go. Let's. Yeah, like I feel like, because honestly, Namekians really kind of got the shaft in last game. They really didn't have anything good for them. But this giant form is is spectacular to the point where I'm concerned about how this is going to work. I never did much PvP in the first game. So if anybody's looking for yeah, PvP experiences... Either, yeah. I don't know if this might screw up everything because they seem very, very strong. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because the first game it really is a single player game that allows you to play against other people. And uh, the weird thing with the roster is, yeah, people are like, oh, who's in this game? How many other characters can I play as? But the game really trains you to only play your custom created character uh and i'm curious if the second game is pretty much going to lead us down that same road and so why would you play as any other character what incentive do you get to play as any other character will you want to even play against other people i mean i guess you would i feel like i burned myself out on the game so hard that i had no desire to play against other people and i'm i'm wondering what this second game is going to do to balance that stuff i hope they i i can't really uh, you know, postulate what they could do to fix it because it, at its core, this this franchise now is just the it is the experience of having your created character, your OC in this you know mythical Dragon Ball world, and the entire game is centered around that experience to the point where the first your first created character is a central figure in the story yeah. of two. So they're trying to be like, hey, look how cool he was. You got to live up to that person with your own dude, and right. you, you can play as a character. And the the actual benefit of playing as a you know, pre-made like Goku or Tullus or whoever is they might have better moves than your created character and their stats get scaled on, as yeah, your yeah. as your character levels up. So right. early on, they are definitely like I was definitely playing as Beerus a few times in the numbers one because he was just better than my guy. That's true. I remember that when the pre-order was Super Sign 4 Vegeta. Mm -hmm. like, those yeah, early like, missions, it made more sense to play as him because you're yeah, way stronger. He had he had a great arsenal. His even though his stats were scaled down, he was still well above the curve to do, right, do everything right. you needed. Yeah, I feel like what I'm going to enjoy doing online is similar to what I did with the first game, and that's the online parallel quest, just to have someone who's not a computer, totally dead-in-the-brain AI <laughs> helping me yeah. along the way. But I guess we'll see how that works. Yeah, what that comes down to is also the... You know, this this is, has that MMO audience uh, in mind, like the people that like playing games in that fashion. So it's also going to, you know, MMOs need this level of communication. And when you're doing like the six on one boss, if someone, for example, if someone grabs like Great Ape Nappa's tail in that giant epic mission, no one else can hit them while they're doing that tail grab. And it mm. just severely hampers your DPS for the mission or damage per second. Sorry, I keep doing all these <laughs> MMO terms. I know what you mean. Yeah, because I know you know, but uh, I'll try to try to play it down. Um, but somebody in the team can mess up stuff for everyone else if they're not yeah, on the yeah. same page. So on one hand, yes, it is fun playing with people. On the other, I played entire the entirety of Xenoverse 1 offline because I felt every other teammate was just messing things up for me. You know, I pretty much did the same thing. So now that I'm talking about it, I wonder how much I will do online. But Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I, I did enjoy the stuff with the beta. I didn't see anything like, you know, terrible. There wasn't anything game-breaking playing with people. It, it was fun. I, right. I enjoyed it. So I guess let's talk a little bit more meta about this game. And that's, uh, we've already addressed some of this. Uh, are you ready for another grind fest that isn't a real, MMO here in Xenoverse 2 where you're pretty much you're playing a mission you're replaying a mission you're hoping you're going to get those conditions at the end to get your better equipment which allows you to fight the next mission where you're going to play that mission over and over to get those special conditions to get the equipment which yep. then allows you to and so on and so forth yeah that, that's the loop here and it's um 
it's it's definitely something it seems they've definitely scaled down the level of randomness i noticed so i'm not nearly as peeved about grinding missions because from from the ones that i've tried i noticed that if you uh, every mission will have these uh, circumstances, like beat Goldo first before you collect the Dragon Balls. Then after right. you beat him, like the other four come out and then you can collect all seven mm-hmm. and you get the ultimate finish for the mission. Right. After in the first game, once you get your you would do that condition, say you beat Goldo first. There was a there was a chance that the second event would happen and then a chance after that to get the reward for beating mm-hmm. that event. In this game, it seems a hundred percent like I've every every mission I've played to do the do the condition of like beating Goldo first and getting the balls. I have gotten the ultimate finish, which is the where you can get the really good items. I haven't gotten the good items every time, but I've gotten decent ones, which is yeah. at least enough to be better than just getting a stupid capsule heal thing that you would always get in Xenoverse and just stock those up. So right. I'm definitely thinking this is much more lenient and kind of accelerated with the fact that you can carry over your data and have your your move set from the last game to kind of help expedite the early game stuff so right now what i'm reading is when you in because you can import your character it's gonna mm-hmm. look for your previous save file the really interesting thing is that i played both the japanese universe on my japanese account and the americans universe on my american account for the first game i played the japanese beta here on my American account and it picked up my American save file, which wow. I was totally not expecting. Yeah. So yeah, I imported my again Frieza race clan character from my Americans Universe One save and imported him here. Now from what I've been reading, it allows you to import that character so he's like the the hero of time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh and it'll bring over his or her special moves. But not everything that you hit. It, it brings over their their four. You have four slots for specials. You'll get their ultimates, their evasive, and if you had um, there there was like a certain list that shows you on this beta where I was like, if your character has these moves, mm-hmm. they'll be converted into Zenny or something. I don't know okay. if they're too good to have or gotcha. if they just got rid of them or nerfed them substantially. I don't. So that's they do have a caveat to bring over everything. So you only get whatever they're wearing and whatever they have equipped. You don't get all that stuff. Right. That said, I did notice uh, running through this, I'm not sure if this was the case for Xenoverse 1, that I was playing through multiple characters that my money and my, like, the multiple currencies, the Zenny and the tournament points or whatever mm-hmm. they're called, uh, was actually transferring between every character I was making. So, and every oh, item nice. that I every item that I bought, every piece of equipment or skill I unlocked, I could use for the next character right off the bat. Okay, so that's that, cool. I hope that carries over to the, the retail release, because that is a nice feature. In the first game, you couldn't create a character until you, quote unquote, beat the game, right? Uh, yes, you had you were stuck. You were railroaded to one character and then you could go make. I think they had eight slots. You could fill yeah, up yeah. after that. Yeah, I'm curious to see the final retail release if they'll do a similar thing in the second yeah. game. It, it seems to be the case since you could only you couldn't make multiple characters in the beta. You had to delete that guy and make another one. Yeah. So I okay. think that's what it's going to be. All right. Those, I mean, again, it's been less than two days we've had with this closed beta. You've sunk a ton of time into it, which is great. I'm so glad I had you here on the show. I'm still poking my way through some of the early <laughs> stuff in the Japanese version. Um, so before we start thinking about wrapping things up, let's talk about the story a little bit, because again, yeah. we are playing basically the beginning of this game where our time patroller shows up and he's been recruited. And by the way, this cool dude from the first game, he's here. Name he awesome. And well, mm-hmm. it's up to you. Let's go do some stuff. And oh, by the way, tell us and slug are like main characters. We got tall and slug put them in everything aren't they cool (laughs) oh man this really feels like a oh shit no one else knew i I think Mm -hmm. this game lends so much credibility to the no one fucking knew what super was going to be 
Yes, I like that. That never became more apparent to me than when they rescinded Black being pre-order bonus. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, whatever, you know, it's a character from Super." And they're like, "Oh no, wait, he is actually kind of important." <laughs> <laughs> we need everyone to buy this. Yeah. Um. So it, it just, I mean, cool. You're getting movie villains. They should have been the first one. I mean, I agree. Uh, yep. Like the the. The way they spin this story is you start off uh, you start off as, hey, here's the hero of time. You're in this new secret mission. You're a cool time patroller following in his footsteps. Um, and then, you know, in the last game had Toa and Mira, the characters from Dragon Ball Online, now are back at it again, messing up time and everything. Right. But now the big bads of the story are Tullus and Lord Slug. Because... Who cares? Okay. <laughs> like... I don't know. There's no reason for it, really. It's just, hey, the Saiyan saga happened. What if Tullus was there? Hey, <laughs> right. Zarp. And then, like, I love that the Namekian story is, oh man, what if Zarbon and Dodoria were chasing them? <laughs> like, and what if Slug was by a mountain? And then, yeah, and then Slug shows up, and like, it seems so. I do not care for this story compared to one. One was interesting at the time. It was a fresh take on stuff, and it brought characters from online and heroes to the console. So I was like, yes, let's let's see how, how yeah, they yeah. implement them. Now that they've been in everything, their luster's kind of faded for me. Uh, like, seeing Toa and Mira, I like that they lend themselves to these kooky, interdimensional, interspatial hijinks, but really? Tell us in Slug are your things? And, oh, and I forgot, Forgetful Bardock is here. Well, yeah, I think that's the only exciting thing, is that uh, yeah. unless you've been playing Heroes in Japan, in arcades, this is going to be your first time playing with Timebreaker Bardock, unless you also yeah. play Dragon Ball Online, because we're finally bringing Timebreaker Bardock over into the story. Uh, I felt like he was the only notable omission from Xenoverse 1 in terms yeah. of the fuller Dragon Ball Online story. So that definitely seems like the route to go here in this game. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of other stuff in the trailers, like Bardock special stuff, like Trunks special stuff. Uh, hopefully we get some cool things, but I know this is how we wrapped up our review with the first game. It's like, all right, great basis here. A second game could be cool. Do yeah. we just do what if time again? It, that's that's definitely what it's leading toward. They're pulling in more online elements, and I love I love those. I love the stuff with online. Sure, bring those over. But man, it's it's kind of feeling tired because there is not enough change from one. Hell, the parallel quests that you're doing in two are just same the ones. same from one. Yeah, yeah. But so I'm I really can't judge if this is any different or any better until like you're done with the story kind of like until right. we see where it goes because right now off the bat this doesn't feel like a different game very much there's that you know they added a few like charged key blasts you can do that raging blast dash where you dash really fast behind somebody mm, yeah they have you know they so they added stuff and they tweaked with things a bit you have the new forms uh like I, i'm really disappointed with the boo form but i mean again that's from online uh but they turn into like a, you know, they're purified. They go into like a right, like kid right. boo form. And it's just your, whoever your boo's skin color was. And That's I mean, your that, strongest, yeah. Yeah, it's, it seems like they threw in a bunch of stuff, but they didn't fix the basis that was there. And that was my biggest complaint. I was like, I like the stuff you have, but there's just something at the core of the game that makes me not want to sink all this time into it. It just, it doesn't feel gratifying most of the time. You know, I think I would have more faith because I think there is still a lot of cool stuff you can do with fixing time, even if you're doing it mm -hmm. again. But uh, I was ragging on Bandai Namco on Twitter the other day. I really feel like we're a month out from release and the only thing they're doing over and over again is... Yo, guys, we got Majin Vegeta. 
Yeah. Like, like that. I, I, I know. What else you got? We're a month out. What else you got? They haven't left any hints because in that first trailer that dropped, the big thing was, look how cool the Trunks cutscene looks. Look how cool the Bardock cutscene mm-hmm. looks. Yeah, yeah. Nothing on those. Like, yeah. are they, are we just going to be playing those stories? Is there going to, are they going to play a crux? They're on the cover. Like, so is there something there that they're just not letting on and kind of letting it go out to be explored? Or do they not have faith that there's anything extra? And they're like, we'll just add this stuff to the base of Xenoverse 1. I I don't know. That's my concern. Yeah. Is that have they played all their cards already? And I would be less concerned if they didn't just keep repeating themselves over and over and over with their social media promotion. It's just, look, we got giants. Look, we got Majin Vegeta. Wash, rinse, repeat. I, I know you got to show us something else here. And even the most recent issue of each, I was like, um, nail here's nail. Um, cool. (laughs) (laughs) There's, they don't have any gangbuster. There's no like Demigra. That was an original character. Cool. Cool thing. Fine. Nothing here of that. Like all these are just things from other games or other, other, you know, venues that we've seen showing up in the ooh, kooky time hijinks, they could maybe pull off something cool because there are plenty of venues for the what-ifs. I've always loved the Dragon Ball games for what-if stories. But this just seems like, it seems like Xenoverse 1 and hey, here's those 10 characters we added and they're peppered through the same story yeah, so yeah. far. like it, I'm, I'm really hoping the story has something more to it because right now I do not have a lot of faith. I agree. I hope it has a hook, but I'm really concerned now and they're just not doing anything to... Dissuade us from thinking that otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it's only been two days. We have no idea what we're talking about just yet because we're not <laughs> yeah. the final retail release of the game. Yeah, so all heavy speculation, all that stuff. So All of our opinions could totally change, and it may end up being the best Dragon Ball story. Oh, no, Dragon Ball Fusion story was pretty spectacular. Dra- no, you, you cannot beat the top of Fusions. That was pretty great. So, Kieran, we are done here. Um, we'll continue playing into the open beta, and then again, yeah. the game is out in less than a month at this point. I, um, you know, the more I play Xenoverse, the less I want to play Xenoverse, and that concerns me as well, but uh, I, I do always want to see how the story plays out, and that's... That's my driving force here is I just want to know what happens. Aren't we just duty bound at this point in time? I mean, I've been saying that for <laughs> 20 years now. Is that okay, you know, okay. Yeah, this is my point in time now. I'm, I'm, I'm younger. Okay, give me, give me It's my quote unquote job to do this. Mike, yeah. why are you playing that shitty dragon? Because I, I have to. <laughs> <sighs> I'm hoping it'll at least be, you know, I'm hoping it'll it'll send some curveballs my way. That's I want to be surprised. I really do. All right. So we'll bring things to a close. This has been episode 413 of our podcast here at Kan Zen Shu. Got some awesome stuff coming over the next couple of weeks. Uh, something I just shared on Twitter last night. I got in uh, a 1993 issue of Proto Culture Addicts, which is a magazine it started as a straight up zine and then turned into a larger magazine. I have some later issues from when I started getting into anime in 96. Uh, 93 was a little before my time, but I have started acquiring more things to add to the press archive of the site there on Konzenshu. I have at least two more magazines showing up this week uh and i'm really excited to share some of that new stuff uh if i haven't made it clear my focus really is going to be on the pre-funimation and very very early concurrent funimation press coverage at that time because what excites me about dragon ball coverage in america in 1993 in particular something like 93 94 funimation didn't exist yet and therefore they had no sway on the coverage of dragon ball these folks were free to say and do whatever 
whatever they wanted with whatever resources they had available to them with no expectations. I just love reading that stuff. So I'm really excited to share some of that stuff with you over the next week or two. Yeah, can I just say really quick? Yes, I please. love that direction. I have been enthralled with this stuff because That's awesome. when, when it comes to like current fandom, yeah, I'm in it right now. The, the, you know, the decades by is so interesting seeing how, because the future was so like, I don't, I don't know where this is going to go. And mm-hmm. then you're seeing, seeing it develop over time is so fascinating. And I think there's like, there's so much cool stuff. And I'm, I'm glad that you are leading the charge here of like, for certain, like reviving all that old fandom because it's really really fascinating to me and i I think it's really cool that's awesome i'm so glad to hear that oh what else we got going on and we we got the news we got the super we got all that stuff a whole bunch Um, of super nonsense going on oh man episode guide pages and uh we'll indeed be doing a a saga recap uh, at some point when this arc wraps up i know it's been a while since a podcast but uh in your feed if you are a subscriber to the show and i did actually post this on the homepage of the site as well our buddy kerbifer chris neo he had me on his Kerr blog to talk about Dragon Ball GT uh, last nice. month. He talked about GT for an hour. And then just this last week, Inagata Dabida, Dustin had me on his show a year ago. <laughs> He's doing <laughs> a reboot of his Kind Soundwaves podcast. Oh, really? Awesome. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, that, that's cool. I know uh, Scott Kazuneko was on one of his episodes. Yeah. Yeah, he remixed, uh, redid all of his, uh, his initial batch of interviews with an awesome format he's calling it like an audio scrapbook so he's mixing in a little bit of music but also uh, audio recordings from other sources like ted talks um and just explanations that tie into other things related to the subject that's That's being discussed it's super super cool so his latest one is a remix of the interview he did with me um and he did keep the original one available if you want to listen to the full discussion but the remix version of it is super cool uh it's much more condensed much more to the point uh so i totally recommend that as well that's listed uh on the podcast section of our site we have a special and guest appearances page so you can check that out and links to everything is in there so that's what i got going on kieran what is up with you and the team four star gaming right now well we're plugging away at all we're going to be starting up our dragon ball nonsense coverage come xenoverse time so 25th we're going to be right on there we're probably going to do maybe do another stream of it once we have the more open beta probably do some more online shenanigans with viewers so if y'all want to play games with a bunch of nerds, uh, feel free to hop in on that stream. Don't have a definite time for it yet, but around that next uh, Xenoverse 2 network update, you can look out for that. I'll be blasting it on Twitter and a bunch of other stuff on Team Four Star. If you follow us there, you'll you'll certainly see it. Uh, I know that your role has expanded there a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. It, you uh, did writing on the version of DBZ Movie Seven abridged, right? Yes, I was. Um, I was one of the one of the main writers for the Super Thirteen movie, for the Wheelow movie, and one episode of the abridged series. So. Nice. So, is there anything you want to tease that you're going to be working on in terms of abridged in the future? Nothing abridged. However, uh, my friend and I we are working on something that will be posted on the Team Four Star main channel. We have this series coming out. Uh, think. Inferno Cop meets everything you need to know about Dragon Ball. I'm sold. So this is just a project we have in the works for uh, just a very, very fun uh, approach to the Dragon Ball stuff. So definitely look forward to it. Come, We're shooting for November, but it'll probably be around December. We're going to be working on some extra shows, not just Dragon Ball at Bridge, that have to do with more anime stuff. 
So uh, we're kind of making a big expansion there. So hope you guys enjoy it. Very cool. Well, I will. I will certainly check that out. I will. I promise. I'll uh, I, I would. I would love if you did. I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if I said this on air, but I listened to you guys in middle school, and I'm I know. trying to keep it calm here. I remember that. <laughs> I know. Someone told me while you were doing. Uh, one of the Pokemon streams that you started talking about your early days of listening and visiting the site. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I know what that was. Sorry, that yeah, was yeah. So I totally spied on you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I dropped dropped a big nostalgia bomb on talking about how much I love to listen to you guys and still do to this day. So thank you very much for having me on again. It's been a, it's been a blast. Well, thank you. So that's going to bring 413 to a close. www.kanzenshuu.com. I have been Mike Vegito EX. That was Kieran, Lord Moonstone. For Heath, Julian, Jake, and all the other folks we have on the show from time to time, it has been a pleasure. We'll see you next time for 414 for the topic that I thought I was going to do this week. But then I forgot about Xenoverse 2 beta, so I swapped them up, and we'll talk about that then. See ya.